Little Leaders, Visionary Women Around the World by Vashti Harrison. Marie Curie, 1867 to 1934, physicist, chemist, from Poland and France. Marie grew up in Warsaw, Poland, where most of the country was ruled by an oppressive Russian government. She graduated at 15, but there was no place for her at the all-male universities. Desperate to further her education, she attended a flying university, a secret institution where women and patriotic Poles could learn. Finally, at 24, after saving money and helping her sister to get a degree, she studied at the University of Paris. She worked hard to catch up with her classmates and eventually earned degrees in both physics and mathematics. She wanted to return to Poland to teach but was turned away again because she was a woman. She met a young scientist, Pierre, who was impressed with her and in love with her. He begged her to stay in Paris, apply for a doctorate and marry him. She did. In 1896, the physicist Henri Becquerel had discovered that uranium salts emitted an odd glow, and Marie wanted to know why. She found that the glowing persisted under every condition, and concluded that the source must be atomic. The atoms of uranium have an unstable nucleus, so they emit particles and release energy. She called this radioactivity. Pierre joined her research and together they discovered two new elements, which they named polonium, after her beloved homeland, Poland, and radium. In 1903, Marie, Pierre and Henri Becquerel were awarded the Nobel Prize in Physics. In 1911, Marie was awarded a second Nobel Prize in Chemistry for her further work on radioactive elements, which had a lasting impact on scientific research and discoveries in medicine. She was the first person to be awarded Nobel Prizes in two different fields. Marie's list of accomplishments goes on and on. The first female professor at the Sorbonne, helped to prove that atoms are divisible, developed a portable X-ray device used during the First World War, but along the way she struggled to pay the bills. 
Still, Murray's passion kept her going, and her curiosity and unique vision led her to some of science's greatest discoveries. Edith Head, 1897-1981, costume designer from the United States of America. Edith had a lonely childhood. Her family moved around the American Southwest a lot, so she never had many friends. She often played by herself out on the dusty plains, but in her imagination, the world came alive. Having neither toys nor dolls, she made figurines with wood from desert plants. She dressed them up with scraps of fabric and had tea parties with them, dreaming of a glamorous life. When the family moved to Los Angeles while Edith was in high school, it was a dream come true. She acted in plays, took art classes and developed a keen eye for design. In 1923, Edith saw an advertisement for a job opening for a costume sketch artist at Paramount, one of the biggest studios in Hollywood. She applied and even though she didn't have the experience, she talked away to the job. She quickly proved her talent, and by 1938 she was Paramount's chief costume designer. In her career, Edith worked on over 1,000 movies and was nominated for 35 Academy Awards. She won a record eight times. Edith took special care to consult with the movie stars she was dressing. Her personal connection with them made her a standout asset to a film. Once she knew the performer's personality, she could create a costume that would help transform the actor into the character. Some of her most iconic looks were for Grace Kelly, Audrey Hepburn and Hedy Lamarr. Edith herself had an iconic look, always sporting a chic hairdo with a bold fringe, round glasses and a wardrobe strictly in the colours black, white and beige. Today, Edith is celebrated as one of Hollywood's greatest designers. Her talents took her outside of the film world as well. She penned two books on fashion and costume in Hollywood, and designed uniforms for women on the US Coast Guard, leaving her mark on history beyond the silver screen. Peggy Guggenheim, 1898-1979, art collector, philanthropist, from USA and Italy. Born into the wealthy Guggenheim family, heiress and socialite Peggy didn't dive into the art world until she was 39 years old. Art collecting was not unfamiliar to her. Her uncle Solomon was doing the same. He eventually founded the Guggenheim Museum in New York, 
she met the artist Marcel Duchamp, who mentored her in the art world. Although not an artist herself, carefree Peggy flourished in her new lifestyle, moving to Paris and making friends with artists, musicians and filmmakers. In 1938, she opened her first gallery, the Guggenheim Jaune, in London, which exhibited contemporary and abstract art. She began to amass pieces for her own collection and soon set her sights on something bigger, opening a museum. Unfortunately, the Second World War was on the horizon. The Nazi regime in Germany disliked anything representing modern sensibilities and soon began destroying all the art they considered corrupt. Sensing the urgency of the situation, Peggy purchased as many paintings as she could, a painting a day, and smuggled them out of France. Upon her return to the United States, Peggy opened the Art of This Century Gallery in New York City, where she exhibited all the paintings she had rescued. Cubist, surrealist, and abstract works by artists now celebrated as masters. Their art might have been destroyed, but thanks to Peggy, they are cemented in history. Peggy championed artists and other creative individuals who were often overlooked. She gave Jackson Pollock his first show and put up New York's first exhibition of contemporary female artists. Afterwards, she moved to Venice, Italy, and retired there with her personal collection. In 1951, she opened up her palazzo to allow visitors in, and today it is one of the most important museums of modern art in Italy. Grace Hopper, 1906-1992, Navy Admiral, Computer Scientist, from the United States of America. Grace always wanted to know how things worked. When she was seven, she dismantled her alarm clock just to figure out what was going on inside. Once she did, she easily put the clock back together. At college, Grace studied maths and physics, and later became a maths professor. She had a knack for explaining complicated concepts. When the United States entered the Second World War, Grace wanted to help. The US Navy rejected her several times, once for being too small and once for being too old. But Grace persisted, and in 1943, she joined the U.S. Naval Reserve, Women Accepted for Volunteer Emergency Service program. She was assigned to a special project. The Navy hoped that the Harvard Mark I, the first electromechanical computer in the United States, would help provide calculations that could help win the war. But they needed somebody to program it first. The computer, which was... 15 and a half metres long, was new to everyone, but as with her alarm clock, Grace figured it out. Her job was to write a book on how to use it. 
The First Computer Manual. In 1949, Grace worked at a company overseeing the programming of the first commercial computer. Grace thought it would be easier if users could just communicate with it in English. But her co workers just laughed at the idea. Eventually, she tried it, and her team ended up creating the precursor to COBOL, the most useful programming language ever. When Grace was 60, she returned to the Navy. To standardize computer languages. And when she retired at the age of 79, ending a landmark career, she was the oldest active duty commissioned officer in the Navy. Perhaps Grace's greatest achievement was her translation of complicated ideas into simple language, something that opened up computing and coding for generations to come. Little Leaders, Visionary Women Around the World by Vashti Harrison.